0: I like that. Have you trademarked that? Hamburger video marketing? I think you should do that. The hamburger video marketing style. I'll do that.
1: Welcome to the Brand Engine Podcast, where we use proven strategies, real-life case studies, and actionable tips to help you, the small business owner, take control of your website and build your brand online. Well, hey, everyone, and welcome back to The Brand Engine. My name is Gerald Porschman, and, hey, once again with me is Barry Moore. Hey, Barry. <laughs>
0: <laughs> no superlative this week.
1: No superlative, sorry. Was Incredible
0: last one. week, awe-inspiring week before that. This week, kiss. nothing. Hey, just boring Barry. <laughs> boring, boring old Barry sitting in front of his desk. And uh, Welcome, everybody. Welcome back to the Brand Engine Podcast, and we've got another cool episode for you. Last week, we talked about um, the four types of video you can use in your business. Uh, if you want to go back to episode 32 and have a look at that. This week, we're going to drill down on that piece-to-camera video, which is the one that everyone seems to like so much, and the one that will really help you come across and build your brand uh, and get people to connect with you as a person, which is what you need to do with that authority marketing model mm, that we're talking mm. about. So, obviously, Gerald is the expert in video here between the two of us. So, um, let's have a talk about how to create the five elements of a winning video. But before we do that, um, what's been happening with you, brother?
1: Well, right here, right now, we've uh, we've had some horrific storms here in southeast Queensland. Um, I think you you called me last week and said, man, I'd love to be able to chat to you, but I've got to get out of these golf ball size hailstones. So it never hit down here. It actually did not hit. It went around us. It uh, kind of smashed everyone else around us but missed us. But it looked absolutely
0: crazy. It was evil. It was evil. I was at at the airport and I could just see it rolling in and and I was like, oh, this is not going to be good. But, yeah, it was what they call a supercell and it just smashed Brisbane huge hailstones and like I saw this video of a bus driving through this central business business district in Brisbane and because the winds were so strong it actually just sucked the windscreen out of the bus no <laughs> yeah <laughs>
1: mate and as a and as a pilot have you ever flown through a hailstorm?
0: not I I haven't flown through it it's very very bad when you fly through hail
1: <laughs> no kidding
0: yeah it's on the good bad list that's definitely on the top of the bad list.
1: Right, okay, pretty uncool. Hey, mate, did we get any feedback on last week? I think you said we did.
0: Yeah, we've got some comments uh, over the last week. We've got some comments from Jamie D. Buckley, who left us some comments on episode one. Uh, Ryan Bidduff and Carol Lamato also stopped by and left some comments on episode 31. So I just want to thank those people for coming by and and leaving some comments for us. Also, um, they're a bit too long to read out, so we might not read them all out, but I just wanted to thank them for coming by. Uh, also, Carol Amato invited me to do a guest post on her blog, so we'll link to that in the show notes as well. But it was uh, it was my pleasure and my honor to head over to Carol's blog and uh, leave uh, contribute an article to her blog and her audience. It was great.
1: Terrific! I can hear a, uh, a garbage truck in the background.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Bloody garbage truck! It's garbage day here, and as soon as I flipped on the microphone, the garbage truck pulled into to the, uh, the complex where we live. We'll punch through it. We will punch through it. Let's punch through it, and hopefully uh, we can kind of edit some of that out. All right, so in the main part of this week's episode, we want to talk about piece-to-camera video. So last week Mm. in episode 32, we talked about four different kinds of video you can use in your business to kind of promote your brand. Um, one of those, and probably the most important one of those, was the piece to camera video. Um, that's where you are talking about your business or your service or your product and build that like and trust factor we always talked about. Yeah. Um, so, since Gerald's the expert in creating video, and being the presentation coach, I thought this week maybe you could share um, your five elements of a winning video.
1: Yeah, you know, I think this is really important, Barry's. Because I've been creating videos now, I think, for about 11 years, professionally probably for about five years. And and when we come up with the five elements of a winning video, one of the things that stands out you know, exceptionally clear for us is to be able to have the rights. And when I say the rights, you've got to have the right of something. And, I, and the first one for me is that it's got to have the right quality. And uh, I think like yourself, you and I go onto YouTube, we have a look at a lot of videos, and we, we always notice – that although the content could be extremely well, we notice that uh, either the sound is out, the lights are dull, they've got a really horrible backdrop. They may have, uh, you know, ashtrays laying around in the backdrop. They may have, you know, wandering animals. Um, So I want to talk just very quickly about some of those elements, which is, you know, in the technical stuff, having the right sound, the right lights, and the right backdrop. For example, Barry, when you do your videos, And I know you don't do as many of them as I would, but especially when you do your podcast, how important do you think
0: sound is? Sound is, yeah, I would say um, sound and light are kind of on an even par, but you can kind of forgive bad lighting sometimes in a context. But um, yeah, you're right. Bad sound just totally distracts from the video. You're just going, what? What did he say? Or what did they say? Or even worse, when they, uh, I've seen some videos where like people are playing. They want some atmospheric background music in the background, you know, <laughs> but it's it's as loud or louder than what they're saying, and you can't hear anybody- you can't hear what they're saying over the over the background music, which is now the foreground music, yeah, so yeah, sounds super important um and it's not that hard to get right either, you know, just invest in a decent mic but um, what I see a lot of beginners do on the internet is. You know, they, they're using their iPhone, which is great because it takes mm, it takes mm. great video. It takes really good video of their iPad, but they don't get a mic. So they've got the the phone or the, the camera on the other side of the room and they've got, you know, they're two meters away from it and they have that giant echo in the room and the tinny sound from the speaker on the microphone on the phone or the iPad mm, just, mm. and it just totally destroys the video.
1: Yeah, I would always suggest that somebody... You know, at some stage, goes out there and buys themselves a decent mic, and they are relatively inexpensive nowadays. I mean, I know I have got, you know, a very top of the line uh, lavalier mic. You've
0: got it's like working. every mic. I've been to your place. You've got like a box of everything.
1: <laughs> oh, because I hoard mics. In fact, there's a young fella by the name of Mikey that I found just on the street. Oh, nice. I just thought I'd grab it. I think I saw his picture I, on a
0: milk carton. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so I guess I guess you, you're right. You know, you can get away with improper lighting if the content is is brilliant and you want to get your message across, then the sound is the thing that will pick them up. Because I guess some people like yourself, Barry, we do a lot of traveling and sometimes we don't want to particularly watch the video itself. We just want to hear the message across there so get yourself into a proper room lock yourself away with the microphone no you know annoying noises in the background would be would be ideal and have a mic that doesn't echo too much
0: yeah exactly right and and if you travel you doesn't mean you can't you can't do good uh, good sound i've got a little like i've probably people are tired of hearing me talk about it, but a rode smart lav which mm. is just one of those uh pin to your collar lavalier mics um Comes in a little tiny leather bag, fits right in your pocket. You can take that on the road with you. Takes up no room at all. Plug it into your iPhone, or your iPad. It's specifically made for iOS devices, and and boom, you've got decent sound. Um, but you know, and that's like starts at what sixty bucks or something like yeah. that. Yeah. But yeah, you can go crazy with microphone. I've got my brand new Rode Podcaster microphone, um, which I think is about three hundred bucks. Um, but man, the sound is good.
1: Yeah, and I guess when it comes to – if we can just move quickly onto the, the lights also, you know, lights and background I'll use as, uh, as one literal uh, segment here, but if you're going to do a video and you're doing it indoors, sometimes what happens is, is people will be using fluorescent lights or they'll, they'll try to use a small portable light to, sh- to light up their face. Now, this could work sometimes if you have the right, you know, direction where the lights are hitting, but horrible shadows across your face – you know, with uh, with shadows that may be, you know, your nose, for example. I've I've done a video, I've seen myself on a video where I've had the light in the wrong spot and my nose looks like it's about four foot long. Don't say anything there, Baron. But it, it looks and it feels uncomfortable when you look at it back. And so if we get the <laughs> right... <laughs> I'm just thinking you have a horrible thought just then. No, not at all, my friend. No. And I'm I'm guessing if you can invest yourself in a... Very cheap three point lighting system, and you grab them off eBay. I think I picked mine up um, for about 90 to 110 Aussie dollars, and that will do your videos a world of good. Now, if you're using outdoors, the positioning of where you stand is also highly important. I know, you know, from experience that your scenery in the background would look great if you're doing a beach setting or, a, or an outdoor, you know, park setting. But if the sun is behind you, you're just going to get a black face. If the sun is in front of you, you will have uh, a great uh, lit-up subject as yourself, but you'll notice that you'll either have to wear glasses or you'll be squinting a lot. Uh, So that's why the professionals, when they use lighting, is that they use it in a studio where they can have the right setting. And, of course, then you know, combine that with the mic, you've then got the the best quality. So those three elements, when we're having a look at that, the sound, the lights, and the backdrop, start off with that, check
0: everything out before you get your content out there. Um, for those of you who don't know what a three-point lighting system is, Joe, you want to walk us through what a three-point lighting system means?
1: Yeah, very easy on this one here. Generally where the subject stands is if you're thinking about standing in front of a room and you're looking forward, Uh, Point your arms in 45-degree angle, and you will have one light that will be um, shone towards the back of you so that the back of the light, the back of the room is lit up so you get no backlighting there. The other light that you will have will be either directly in front and a little above you, shining directly onto your face. So what you now have is that you now have a light that's on your face which shines up you as the subject, but also you have two lights on either side at a 45 degree angle.
0: There's a really, really good tutorial over on wistia.com that we'll link to in the show notes. All right, so that's the right quality. Great tips there. And so what's the next one, Gerald?
1: I like to go with the right message. For people who are doing their video, one of the greatest things that you could do is spend a bit of time to plan out what it is exactly you want to have on your video. The reason why I say this is that I know we've said in earlier podcasts that we should just shoot for the can and shoot for the bin. That's all right when you're practicing and you're trying some things out to see if your lighting is right, to see if the sound is right. But once you're starting to put your whole video together, I like to be able to sit down, plan out and map out. And I use a mind map, so I use lots of bubbles. I use lots of you know arrows that are pointing you know towards different uh, segments of my video. But most important, I think it's the old five or six P's, which a lot of us know, which is prior preparation prevents poor performance. And if we're having a think about the performance that you're doing, is that we want you to be able to come across at least as if that you know what you're talking about. And when you have your plan in front of you, that at least helps you guide along the way. And so I I would suggest once you plan it, speak it to yourself as many times as you can so at least you get the message in your head. I like, I like the saying that one person said to me once is, don't worry too much about the whole presentation itself. Make sense of it in your head so at least you know what the flow is like. And what happens there is you become a lot more concise. You don't tend to be too much of a waffler. And in effect, what happens is you'll have the right length for that video to happen. And I guess for you, Barry, um, when you've done your videos, you would have sat down and and mapped it out like you do a flight plan
0: yeah exactly right so um yeah i think the worst thing is when when you don't know what's coming next like you don't have the plan in your head and that's when you start to waffle and start to carry on and the videos become just (laughs) rambling and pointless and you're like all right delete start over again so yeah, good idea. Go over the message over and over and over again in your head. Say it out loud so that you're you're not stumbling over the words. You've wrapped your mouth around the words a number of times before you turn the camera on. Um, and then another good thing about writing, is an old copywriting trick is, you know, um, you don't necessarily have to write every word down, but Mm-mm. the copywriting adage is, you know, write everything down and then get rid of half of those words. I see and, it. and if you can and just use the minimum amount you need to get the message across and don't Don't go on about it. Because video, especially online, I know what I do. If I hit the play button, the first thing I do is see how long that video is and whether I I want to invest six or eight minutes in watching this thing or not. So um, if it's too long, people will just not watch it at all. So keep them short and keep them to the point, I would say.
1: Some people have asked me, you know, what happens if I get, for example, I'm planning my video out and I get a writer's block. One great trick I learned from my mentor, he had said to me, "Write these seven words down, and then delete the seven words as you finish your sentence." So the the seven words uh, are this: "What I want to tell you is." So once you write that down, and you've got "What I want to tell you is," and you complete that sentence, you then get rid of those seven words, and you then have a wonderful sentence of what it is you wanted to tell people. Yeah,
0: exactly right,
1: and it makes it makes a lot of sense there. Barry, I wanted to talk to you about the video length because we had a, a great podcast with Gideon Shalwick, uh, who talked about videos and, and YouTubing himself. And when we speak about the, the right length, we know our podcast can go anywhere between 20 to 40 minutes. With a video, though, it has a, a different aspect. You know, not many people can sit in front of a video if the content is not good. But Gideon said something important. It doesn't really matter too much about the time length. It's about the content and the small segues along the way. He mentioned that, didn't he?
0: Yeah, he did. You know, he did. He's. It's a great episode. If you want to go back to it, we'll link to it in the show notes, the, the video marketing with Gideon Shalwick. Um, yeah. Uh, again, it depends on what, what you're trying to deliver. You know, if you if you're trying to deliver a course or an instruction on something, or this is how you do something, well, obviously you can't get that message across in two minutes. So, it very much depends on the content. But I guess the point is, don't have any unnecessary stuff in there.
1: Yeah. And I guess uh, probably the final one on just the right message is know who your audience are are going to be. If it, it's important to at least spend a bit of time thinking. Well, if I'm doing something. That's related to House and Garden, then you know you're going to be speaking to a lot of green fingers. So keep the content of the message a, a, a lot more relevant, and your stories a lot more relevant to the audience that you've got. Yeah, great, great.
0: Um, I guess that that kind of leads into the next thing, which is you know the online video, especially. You probably got about ten, twenty, thirty seconds to capture their attention, and then at that point they're going to decide whether they're going to watch the rest of it. Um so I guess the next bit's what the right intro? Yeah, absolutely, Barry,
1: the right intro. You know I love starting some of my videos off with the first, you know, 7 or 8 second grab that says that may say something like if you're interested in video marketing, stick around. So what happens there is you've got the grab as the person is listening to the video itself. So that will make the person then think yes I do want to know about video marketing then you can go into a bit of a blurb about what video marketing might be and and how to capture some of the you know content around video marketing um, and then you get to the five tips or you know a, a good way of doing your intro would be if you had your last 100 dollars what would you spend that on so what happens is you've now planted a bit of a seed in that person's mind to think about what yeah what would I do with that last $100 if I had that. So the right intro is pretty much as important as probably the right exit. Uh, but we'll talk about that strategy a little little later.
0: Yeah exactly uh, right. I think I think the first 20 seconds is probably the most important 20 seconds of the video. Because that's what's going to get them, and what you're talking about in, in in copywriting, that's called an open loop. So you've opened yeah. a loop in someone's head. You know, you said stick around if you want to learn the one thing you need to do to make your email marketing success. Right? Who's not? Who's going to and now? Someone's going. Oh, what's that one thing? <laughs> I have to know. I have to know. So you've opened a loop uh, psychologically in their head that they need to close. So you notice um, on a lot of our podcasts, we do exactly that. We start with mm. a, we start with an open loop. We I take some little funny grab or some little important tidbit from the middle of the podcast somewhere and it's just 20 seconds it's enough for someone to go what are they talking about or what are they laughing at or whatever and then that comes before the intro to the podcast or you put that open loop before the intro to before your little opening intro to your video because that's where you put the hook or whether that's where you put the open loop. Yeah great saying
1: that I heard out there and I use it uh, quite a bit on my presentation or media presentation workshops is If you haven't struck oil in seven seconds stop boring (laughs) 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 look and I guess that really then then moves us on to the right format you know we're talking about you know how we're going to structure the video you know what are we going to do uh, at the beginning what are we going to say and add in the the body of the uh, presentation and what will we do at the end I use quite a good graphic in my presentations where I use a hamburger. So the top part of the bun is the intro, which is about 3% of your full video production. Then I have the bottom of the bun, which is your outro or your conclusion, which is, uh, again, another 3% of the total video. But then we've got the meat and the sandwich, everything that goes right in the middle. And you can add as much as you want into the the meat of the sandwich or as little as you want. And that should comprise of about at least then, well, 94% of the rest of the video.
0: I like that. Have you trademarked that? Hamburger video marketing? I think you should do that. The hamburger video marketing style. I'll do that. Absolutely. Um, Yeah, and one one thing I'll just say about that before we kind of break down what a good format is, is – um, you know, we're all about building a personal brand and helping you build your personal brand online. Uh, one thing that drives me a little bit batty, and that's maybe just because I'm ADD or OCD <laughs> or whatever, but is consistency, right? If you're going to build a brand, um, try and make your videos all the same structure or at least have all the same elements in them. Because you'll see one video where someone's got, you know, this swooshy brand logo and it's right at the beginning. And then you'll see the next video and it's not there at all. And then you see the third video, and it's a completely different graphic, and you're like, and it's just like, is this? You're not building that brand recognition if you're continuously changing the format of, of, uh, and your branding on these videos.
1: Yeah, it's a great uh, what they call an NLP technique. You know, neuro linguistic programming. The brain gets used to patterns. We get, we get used to patterns of behavior. So when I see a certain intro starting. I at least know that that's going to be the pattern for the rest of it. And then, you know, for an example of that, watch some of your favorite uh, TV shows. You'll notice if you're watching Spooks or Suits or you're watching, uh, you know, Sons of Anarchy. There's always a format to it. They show previously on Sons of Anarchy. Yeah, then they know. go into and the. You
0: know, and then, well, you know what they're doing there? They're opening loops. They're, they're opening they're, loops. Exactly. They're reminding you of the open loops. Yeah. What happens to What happens to that guy? What happens to that situation? Yep. Go ahead, sorry. And that,
1: that's, that, that's exactly the whole thing. So we get used to that that process. Then what happens is then they play the show intro um, and then they get into the storyline itself. And then, of course, towards the end, we actually can feel the ending coming. And, and a lot of great producers want that to happen. They want the hook to happen to say, I hope it doesn't end now. I hope it goes for another ten minutes because I want to know what's happening to this character. But then they stop it, and then you go, "That's the hook that will have to get me in next week, so that I can tune into that show." Exactly right.
0: Um, so, what kind of format do you suggest, or what kind of elements do you suggest people put into the the format of their brand video?
1: Ideally, for myself, what I what I tend to use is that I start off now with a with an open loop, and mine has changed over the years as well. So those people that have been following me would have seen my earlier videos were just, hi guys, it's Gerald Porschman here, and we just speak about the video itself with with a slight intro. What I tend to use now is because through our learning barrier and the research that we have done, what makes a great video, I like to start up with an open loop, which is again what we use in our podcast here, something that's interesting along the way that may hold the person's attention. So I put that in for the first seven seconds, then I have my boom or my swoosh or my intro music and again it doesn't last too long for me it's generally about 3 or 4 seconds otherwise if it's too long you know people want to scrub through that and and miss out you know who you really are
0: that's exactly so right th- one thing I want to say there before you move on about yep. the intro is when people go out and they make these they tend to want to put as much information in there as they can this is me this is my business welcome 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 and and the little intro swoosh becomes 20 or 30 seconds right yeah which is not so bad if you only watch it once but your brand champions those people that resonate with your business are probably going to watch more of your videos they're going to watch three or four or five or six And if they've got to sit through 20 seconds every single time they start a video um, not good so yeah you're right keep it short five seconds max
1: Yeah, I think I was watching a a series on TV, and I think their intro was about ninety seconds. And uh, you've watched the first intro, but after a while, if you're doing four or five (laughs) crazy videos in a row on a weekend, because I've got nothing else to do, you do tend to just scrub that through, and you miss out, you know, who the main characters are. So I I like to do I like to do that. Have a a nice little uh, open grab at the beginning. A very quick swoosh, three or four seconds of you know the video of my organisation, my company, and then I just get into the tips that I may have. But what I've got is that I've got you know segue along, segue and segue. And what a segue is is it just it gives me a bit of an opportunity to say what I'm going to look at next is, or uh, in a previous video I talked about this, so I want to talk now about that. So that's what a segue is. It just moves seamlessly uh, from one cut or one paragraph to the next paragraph without there being too much change. And then towards the end, I like to have a very good call to action. I think a lot of people tend to miss out a call to action. And Barry, we know
0: how important that is, especially here on our podcasts. Yeah, exactly right. So you definitely want a call to action at the end. You want you want to drive that customer or that potential customer to take some action. And that might, you know, obviously everybody wants their products or service to get purchased. But um That call to action may be simply as simple as watching another video or continuing the conversation you're having with them. You don't want them to just... That's why it's so important to drive people to your website and not to YouTube to watch these videos, right? So you want to put the videos up on YouTube. So if someone's searching through YouTube and they stumble across your video, you can drive them back to your website. But you don't want to send them to YouTube. You want to send them to the video that's embedded on your website. And the reason for that is when they get to the end of that video... You know what's the first thing YouTube does? They have a call to action which is, "Hey, watch these other 50 videos." And they put up another list of videos that are related, what they think are related. And that's their call to action to continue the conversation with you and get you to watch another video. Well, um as a marketer building your brand, you want them to watch another video, but it better be yours. You don't want <laughs> you don't want them to yeah. jump off to some yep. uh, somebody else's video. So, in your email marketing, your social media marketing, etc. Drive them back to your site to watch the video. Don't drive them to YouTube to watch the video.
1: And I think that that really is our fifth strategy. So if I just quickly just summarize some of the strategies that we have or all of the strategies we had. One is that we have to have the right quality. We, we should have the right message. Get the right intro. Use the right format. And Barry, the thing that I learned from you was let's get the right strategy out there. And, and you just mentioned that most important thing is that, yes, if you are going to show a YouTube video, uh, most importantly, drive it back to your site. and And you call them hubs and spokes,
0: is that right? Yeah, so you want if you want to go back and listen to the authority marketing uh episode, which I'll link to in the show notes, uh we talk about, you know, it's not enough to just have a website and people say, I'm not getting a traffic I need to be on Facebook or I need to be on Twitter yeah. or I need to be on YouTube or whatever. And they put a bunch of their stuff out there. Um without a strategy as to what's gonna happen. So what what they're really doing is taking a bunch of tactics, you know. They're just running around being busy without an overall arching organizing strategy of what's gonna happen. So what you want to do is you want to have your website in the center of the wheel. That's your hub. Yeah. That's your base. Um, and when you put content out in other places to be discovered, so that might be podcasts on iTunes, videos on YouTube, that might be posts on social media, Facebook, and might be tweets on Twitter, et cetera. Those are spokes out there on different parts of the internet, but really the call to action is to drive them back to your website, mm-hmm. right, mm-hmm. where there's no other distractions there's nothing but your message and, and your call to action. Because if they see your post on Facebook, they're just going to read it and they're going to move on to the next post, right? So, but if they see a post with a link that says, you know, fi- the five elements of a winning video, and they and to find out what they are, they have to click on that, which drives them back to your site. Now they're on your site. There aren't other distractions of sidebar images and other people's posts or other people's videos. Um, it's just your message. So. It's really important that everything that you do, you want to be in all those other places, but with the idea of driving them back to the hub of the wheel, your website. So, yeah, very much a hub and spoke strategy, and um, and that really, I think, is what a lot of people are missing. They're not missing um, the content. Well, lots uh, they're missing how to make that content work for them in the the most leveraged fashion.
1: And the thing that you you pointed out to me was you want to drive your business, Gerald. You don't want to drive YouTube's business, and you don't want to drive Facebook's business. Although, uh, putting them back onto my site, Google then picks up all those contents, all, all the all that marketing that we've put onto our own site, and it, it knows then that, that that's where
0: they should be coming. Exactly right. So, for example, to, to, to probably give a concrete example to people what we're talking about, so say you've got five pieces of content, so five articles on You've broken this five elements down into into five different articles, right? So maybe you've done uh, the right quality, and that's 100 to 200 words on how to get the right quality in your video. Mm. Um, the mistake would be is to go to Facebook, make a Facebook post, type all the content into Facebook. Here's the 200 words on the right quality um, recipe for your video, um, and not put it on your own website. Mm. And I see a lot of people doing that. So... What that means is you're just adding to all that great content on Facebook, but you're not adding any great content on your own website. So you want to put that article on your own website, then copy the URL, put it into Facebook, and say, hey, I just wrote this great article on um, quality aspects of a video. Um, and, it, and they click on that, and it links back to your website. So all that content is is on your website, and it's growing the number of indexed pages over time in Google. So if I were to put 10... 10 posts on facebook my website isn't any richer for that if i put those 10 posts on my site now mm. my site is 10 posts richer it's 10 pages richer there's 10 more pages for google to find That's seo it. quality in and come up in the search results for people but i'm still on facebook people can still find my message on facebook but what i'm doing is growing the asset of my own website not the asset of facebook's website
1: yeah and huffington post do a great example of that i i have have liked them on Facebook and every time I click onto an article that the Huffington Post has put up I see it takes me away from Facebook and it just drives me to their to their site and then they have a lot of other articles which then keeps me there because yeah,
0: they're great on that aren't they
1: yeah and and that's that's the marketing that's the strategy that works and, and Barry and I I do thank you for introducing me to that you know many many months ago uh, because that helps me drive my business
0: and notice they're not trying to sleep with you on the first date either they're not trying to sell you anything they're trying to get you to engage in another piece of content and then engage in another piece of content. And then they're trying to, what they're trying to do is form a habit that, hey, every day I go to the Huffington Post, right? Um, and once, once they've established that relationship, then they can kind of, you know, put ads in front of you and whatever yeah. other revenue streams that they might have.
1: And the cool thing about that is that if I like an article, I will share it with, you know, my group of friends, my tribe, and then they are then directed back to Huffington Post,
0: Cool. Yep. very yep. good strategy.
1: So we've spoken a lot about the five elements of a winning video. Firstly, the right quality, so we need our sound, lights, and backdrop. We need the right message, so that's plan it out. You know, Be concise. Don't waffle. Be yourself. Uh, having the right intro, so get that hook, get that grab right at the beginning so people want to watch the rest of it have the right format. So what do we put where within the video? What goes in the intro? What goes in the body? And what goes on the outro? And I will use and I will post up something. I'll put a video together for um, my uh, method that I use, which is just the hamburger method. It's it's called the burger effect, uh, which I spoke about. And then finally- Trademark, you
0: know, trade, uh, trademark, trademark, trademark,
1: trademark, yeah, big, big little C on that one there. <laughs> And uh, and then of course uh, Barry walked us through the right strategy, which is our hub and spoke, and that's to drive all that that content that we have back to your site not back to someone else's site
0: yeah fantastic episode it makes me want to run out and make some videos um if you want all the show notes and all the links to the other videos we're talking about you can go over to thebrandengine.com forward slash episode 33 and what we also have there for you is something that's going to dispel a common misconception and that it's quite expensive to get started in video so we're going to have the top video gear guide all the things you need to create professional looking videos for under 500 bucks So you can download that top video gear guide, how to get started for under 500 bucks, over at thebrandengine.com forward slash episode 33.
1: And don't forget, if there's anyone out there that would like to put their video together, I am happy for the first five people who will upload their video to us. Send us a link. Um, Give it to me, I will review it for you, give you some tips on on what it is that we can better our video.
0: Awesome idea, awesome idea. So what I want you to do is go to the comments at the bottom of the show notes, put a link to your video in and Gerald will provide you a free critique to your video on how you can make it better.
1: Great idea. So don't forget folks, leave all your comments, you know where to go by now and uh, we'd love to hear your feedback of course and don't forget our most important point for you today, Get out there and build your brand online. Thanks, Barry.
0: Thanks. See you next
1: time. Thanks for listening to the Brand Engine podcast. You can find all the show notes, news, and upcoming events over at thebrandengine.com. I'm just trying to think of a superlative for you.
0: I know. That was awe inspiring, incredible. How about just like the boring and average grandpa? <laughs> I think he's just gonna Coming. park outside and flip me a bird and just leave it hanging.
1: He's just gonna hang there for a little while. He's gonna be like an annoying little ingrown toenail.
0: Yeah, what? The f- how far are you backing up, dude?
1: <laughs> Where's he go? Get-
0: Where's he going? It's like he's going. He's driving around the whole neighborhood backwards.
1: He's new. I th- I think. I think he's a frustrated ice cream truck.
0: All right, let's just press ahead. All right, so this week we're going to...
1: Oh, you're kidding. (laughs) Seriously, come on, man.
0: You're killing me, man. You're killing me.
1: (laughs) Jesus Christ, what the... my ABC alarm waking me up for the top news hits for the day. Nice. See, they're f-ing
0: bombarding me. <laughs> great, great blooper reel on the end of this. Right, another one. Cool, man. Was uh, that? It? Was th- that the wrap? I think we just need the wrap. So don't forget. <sighs>